What is good, peeps? Welcome to an indefatigable artist. Just wake and be. I am your host, Bleas, just a human being a multimedia artist in the 21st century. Just a friendly reminder that it's free to support. A like, comment, or a share goes a long way. You can always check out more at bleese.com and sign up to the free newsletter. Softcover novels, audiobooks, and ebooks are available there as well. Thank you. What is good, peeps? Hope all are doing well. I actually took my first day off of the year this past Sunday. It was an unexpected day off and wasn't planned. Um, I was actually starting to get sick. I think my body was just wore out from going so many days in a row. And uh, as a human being, we uh, have to listen to our body. My previous day off was the last day of 2022, where I watched Michigan lose a game they most definitely should have won. Anyway, that was the last day I took off from the computer. This one, this past Sunday, wasn't planned for. This one was unexpected, but needed. I say that for a couple of reasons. One, it threw off my entire week as I had to push some projects back that I was working on, including my prep for this week's episode. But here we are. We're here. Fifth episode underway. Episode number five. I'm doing the best I can with this podcast with life. That is all we can do, right? The best we can. We may have in our mind what we expect out of ourselves, but again, I am human. I am organic. At least I think so. And as a human being, I have ups and downs. I used to uh, push through days like that. I'd say, I don't care if I'm sick. I don't care if I don't feel well. I am going to push through because that is what must be done. I'm not weak. I can work through that. But what I've come to learn is that behavior and that mentality is disrespecting myself and my entire being. You know, who are you at the end of the day? You have so many microbes, so much bacteria living on you. All of those are living things. You have spiders in your eyes. All of those are living things. All of the different cells, you know, it's all parts of the ship. And as such, we have to take care of that. We have to have respect for all of what you are. You're an entire ecosystem. You're a walking ecosystem. You have to have respect for that and acknowledge all of the different parts of you. And what I also realized when I would push through like that, I wouldn't do my best work and I would end up making the situation worse in the long run because 
instead of maybe one day like that, I would uh, it would stretch across several because I pushed through that. And you can listen to the previous episode, previous episode on what I think of have tos. Well, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. Take time for yourself. Respect yourself, all of you, all of who you are, all of what makes you you. You know, again, if you're the ship going on this water, if you have one loose board, it can sink it. Say I did push through on Sunday when I wasn't feeling well. I wouldn't have rested my body. I wouldn't have rested my mind. I would have made myself weaker than I was already feeling when I woke up that day and how I felt the night before. Feeling myself getting sick. How off would I have been that not only Sunday, but the day after. And then it's a domino effect and a further disrespect of my ecosystem, of my body and mind. How off would my work have been that Monday after that rest and subsequent days of the week? How off would all of that work been? Everything would have been affected because I took that rest day. I recuperated. Um, I was sharper on Monday. Uh, I was locked in. I really got a lot done. And Tuesday too, I was really sharp on those two days. Um, and felt really good after taking that rest. And I have to remember and constantly remind myself, and Carol's very helpful with this as well, is taking that rest day. You know, a rest day is not wasted. It's not a wasted time. We're human beings. We're more than the work we do. It's about our energy. Again, I, I come back to this currency of energy. What energy are you putting out? Are you putting out the best energy you can? And if not, how do you improve yourself? And I wasn't able to put the best energy forward on Sunday. I stayed off the computer the first time this year doing that. I have to constantly remind myself it's a marathon, not a sprint, even though sometimes it can feel like a sprinted marathon. And that's what it feels like when you're endlessly scrolling on social media and see what people are posting. Hashtag no days off, team no sleep. But then you listen to some of the top performers on this planet, athletes, CEOs, people like Jeff Bezos, Tom Brady, Jim Quick, LeBron James. I bring up LeBron James um, just from a recent interview. He was asked how much sleep he had gotten. He said he slept eight hours, woke up, ate breakfast, and went back to sleep. And you look at how much they prioritize sleep in their schedule, how they schedule in advance off days. I just wish they would be more proactive talking about the importance of sleep and how it's rest that has enabled them to succeed at the highest levels. Sure, you can hear them talk about sleep in interviews and speeches, Tom Brady's book. Yet I feel those clips don't get shared enough. Um, and I'd like to see them push that out more. I know Jim Quick talks about the importance of sleep and how it's 
imperative for mental clarity, focus, sharpness. So shout out Jim Quick. It's nice meeting you at Miami NFT. He gave a very profound speech there. I was so fortunate to catch that. Just a huge inspiration. Love your podcast, Quick Brain. Anyone listening, highly recommend to check out Quick Brain. Back to sleep. Culture of always having to be grinding. So many people bragging about working nonstop. I work 16-hour shifts, take care of three kids. I have two or three jobs. I only sleep three hours a night because I work so much. What I say is I actually feel bad for you. You're being exploited. How much time do you spend doing what you love? How much time do you spend for yourself? Pause. Take a moment. Take a moment for yourself. Everything is rush, 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 rush. Got to get there. Got to get there. Everyone racing to a lifeless finish line. Ready to die. When you were born, were you ready to live? Between life and death, we are constantly torn. Life is a tightrope hanging across a canyon. That was a poem from A Bleaceful Sleep. Ongoing poetry project I've been working on this past year. A little hobby of putting poems together with some animations. When you were born, were you ready to live? Who taught you how to live? Who taught you what a normal life was? Why is that life normal? How many places have you visited in this physicality we call reality? How many languages do you speak? How many different cultures can you reach? Now, in answering those questions, think about AI, artificial intelligence. About how many languages artificial intelligence can speak. It's not just one computer. It's hundreds, if not thousands across the globe, all connected, all pulling from a massive database. If one computer goes down, there are more to solve the equation or complete the task at hand. How are individual humans supposed to compete with that? I don't think it's a matter of competition. It's a matter of integration. Humans are integrating more and more with artificial intelligence. We're putting that phone into our pocket. We're putting glasses on our face. We're putting hearing aids in our ear. We're putting heart pacers on our heart, insulin monitors in our arms. We're being more integrated with technology. And that's only going to progress. Now they're talking, you know, Neuralink. Putting it in our brains. I think we're still a ways from that. But it's not a matter of technology growing outside of ourselves. No. Like it's been portrayed in previous films. You know, we look at Terminator and it's like, we look at it as something outside of us. But it's, more with us. Soon the lines between what we call organic and what we call artificial will be blurred and eventually obsolete. 
I have thought for a long time that our views on this subject have been off. Why do we look at computers as not organic? Were they not created on this planet just like humans? Did humans not use their organic brains to invent them? What minerals make up this computer? Where did those minerals come from? I uh, might also have to do a later episode on simulation theory, as it's a very interesting to topic in regards to our perceived reality. Question everything. So many rest and relieve their anxiety or thoughts on the word normal or the phrase, well, it's always been this way. Been this way for how long? A hundred years? Two hundred years? Do you know how insignificant that is to this planet, to this galaxy, to this universe? Zoom out. You're living in another human's creation again, getting caught up in these illusory thoughts that have no bearing on another planet. I know, just dismiss it. I don't know what I'm talking about. Ah, who has time to talk about those things? Why bother? That's for someone else to think about. Who is Pete Davidson fucking this week? That's what I want to know. Who do the Eagles play? Was that a catcher, wasn't it? I have to get ready to go to a job that I loathe. But yes, I'm the crazy one. And I will wear that like a badge of fucking honor when I look at what is considered normal in society. It's a reason I've been fascinated by artificial intelligence for a long time, especially the writing of Ray Kurzweil, who is the one who applied the term singularity to the moment in which computers become more intelligent than humans, a moment when they will no longer need human intervention to improve their software and hardware. When this moment happens, and I do say when, humans as we know them today will not be able to keep up. But again, we come back to that integration. It's going to be a matter of who's integrating with those computers the most. Look at computers now. You would think it laughable as a lot of people have over the past few decades since his first book came out. But I didn't, and neither did people like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. And now, just within the last month of this new year, people are starting to realize the real inevitability of this. And I do say it's inevitable. What is being created should be seen as the next evolutionary step for humankind. It's this step that is going to allow humans to continue to be nomadic, to venture off into space. We are not meant to stay a one-planet species. We are meant to travel, to venture out into new worlds. Right now, our minds are centralized to one physical body. What if, like computers today, we had the ability to live through several bodies or computers, to be conscious, to have experiences that last for as long as we want them to, 
as Ray Kurzweil states. People will go from living a finite number of years to living as long as they want to live. And what fascinates me most about this is that we still don't know how consciousness works, where these thoughts actually come from. We can see neural firings, but it doesn't tell the whole story. I only mention that because I want to talk about the experience we are having right now. What is this experience? The odds of you being here are so small, you wouldn't even think it possible if you weren't here right now. What is this experience you're having in this right now? What are you seeing right now that tells you this is reality? A bunch of known sensory inputs? You can see, hear, smell, touch, taste, feel, have emotions. So if we mimic all of that sensory input to the point where you can't tell the difference between what you experience now versus what you can experience inside of a computer, then what? Let's take a hypothetical scenario. If while you're sleeping, someone hooked you up to a computer and when you woke up the next day, you thought it was just like any other normal day. Everything around you feels the way you know it now. All the sights and sounds, smells, your daily breakfast tastes the same. Your clothes are all there. Everyone outside is all there. The stores are there. Your car is there. You drive it. But it was all happening now in a computer instead of on planet Earth. Yet you couldn't tell a single difference. They wait till you get to work and sit at your desk. Then they unhook you from the computer and you're back in bed. Shock? Then what? Yes, we have a ways to go to get to that point. But I implore you to look at how rapid change is happening. Software is getting better at a much faster rate. Look how well a computer program can teach a human how to fly a plane right now. It's the easy go-to for the time being. That reference of computer human learning. And I bring this up to share where a lot of my thinking comes from. I try to think years ahead in how future humans will be thinking, what problems they will be having, and how they will be looking back at us during this time, at the problems we face, and laugh like they had it easy back then if they only knew what we were facing now. And that is important to bring up about this new technology. How many gun deaths were there before guns were invented? New technology brings about new problems. Doesn't mean if this gets invented, all of our current problems will go away and there will be this problemless utopia that we are all living in. No, there are always more obstacles to overcome. Yet we have to overcome the current obstacle to get to the next, to keep advancing and progressing as a species. Adapt or die. Choose the next best step, one step at a time. That is what we have to do collectively, not just individually. In a time where information can be spread faster than any other time in human history, it amazes me, yet doesn't surprise me that false information gets shared at the rate it does 
first empirically backed information. I'm not going to get into what is false or not. Why? Because the fucking universe doesn't give a single fuck what you believe. The universe is under no obligation to make sense to you. Why? Because your fucking beliefs go out the fucking window when Mother Nature slaps you in the fucking face. Humans can't be so narcissistic to think that they can destroy this planet. You think you can destroy the planet? Humans have only been on this fucking planet for a tiny fraction, a tiny fraction of this planet's entire existence. It's never seen a species as destructive as ours. I'll give you that. But that doesn't mean one singular species can destroy the planet. That is ridiculous. What this one species can do is make this planet uninhabitable for itself and many other species. It can push forward at a much faster pace. The next mass extinction and will this be the first time there has been a mass extinction on this planet? No, it will be the sixth. I repeat, the sixth mass extinction. And guess what keeps happening? The earth just keeps spinning. Just keeps spinning. Just keeps spinning just keeps orbiting around this one singular star among trillions of others like it. It's nothing special. Neither is this planet when we finally discover there are others like it. Right now it's special because that's relative to what we know. Humans have come a long way on this planet and it's done so by solving problems. We have a lot of serious problems that face us right now. What I want to do here is simply to bring them up and make people realize that we have to come together to solve them. As one of the few conscious problem-solving species on this planet, it's up to us to not only help ourselves, but help other species as well and future generations. People today keep putting their beliefs in text written thousands of years ago ahead of what new information we have before us. And I say all this to bring up the thought process of a computer that is more intelligent than humans. How will they process belief and empirical information? How fast will they adapt to new information? Adapt or die? Will they hold on to old beliefs or will they change their behavior, change their thought process as they continue to learn? Learning is a lifelong process. It's incessant, never ending growth mindset over a fixed mindset. Growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Growth mindset will win every fucking time. We have to continue to grow. Adapt, get better as a species, progress one step at a time. I do want this podcast to be an escape from harsh reality.
But how can it be if we don't at least address it as a starting off point to push off of? I want this podcast to get people to zoom out a bit, to see obstacles from afar, both spatially and temporally. I try to think of what a more intelligent species would do. How would a more intelligent species handle the fact that their behavior is having a negative effect on the environment, causing catastrophic damage at a rapid rate, killing millions of its own species, making the planet less habitable for future generations? Would they continue doing this harmful behavior? Or would they have a growth mindset and adapt? The universe, this planet, doesn't give a single fuck about your beliefs. This planet doesn't care how much money you are making off this harmful behavior. Would a $100 bill save you from a meteor smacking you in the fucking face? Would a $20 bill feed you when there aren't any grocery stores? How long can you eat paper dollar bills and survive? We as a species have gone from self-preservation to selfish greed, and it's causing irreparable harm to our living environment. Would you let someone with muddy boots come into your living place and lay in your bed covered in dirt, soil, and sewage? Or would you make them change their behavior? Do you think more intelligent species will be greedy? Or will they realize they just need enough to stay alive and survive? To do as they please for as long as they please. Will $100 million save you from having a fatal heart attack? Sure, you can point to all the environmental factors that make it less likely for someone of those means to have less of a chance for a heart attack versus someone who lives in poverty. But in that moment, when the heart attack occurs, and you're there in your last moments, gasping your last breath, Will reaching for your bank account and holding on to all of that money you have saved save you? Will laying in a bed of money save you from your own body? Look at the materialism that we prioritize. Who do we look up to the most? The ones who distract us the most or the ones who teach us the most? To take this next evolutionary step in the most progressive way is going to require us to question how that step will be taken. Who will be initially programming this artificial intelligence? In many ways, it's become the next space race. What will these initial computerized beings be made for? War? Hospitality? Lawyering? I do hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. I know I hit on difficult topics and not all of you will agree with my takes, 
But like I have said from the onset, I am open to any and all comments and questions. If you want to push back on something I have said, I am open to it. I don't look to silence any voice. This is a safe space for debate. I feel good debating is missing from social media. It's just turned into yelling and screaming. No one's really saying anything meaningful. They're just trying to anger the other side. Down is up. No, up is down. Okay, up is down. Well, now down is up. No matter what you say, I'll say the opposite. Just because I don't want to align with you, you've been labeled. I don't want to align with that label. Ultimately, I know many people have a fixed mindset, whether they're conscious of it or not. I don't claim to know everything or think that I have it all figured out. I have a deep veneration for this universe and am a lifelong learner. I approach this life with a growth mindset and try to learn something new every day. I have a deep respect for this planet and think humans have become so narcissistic they think this planet is theirs and that they have the ability to control it, that they have this planet in submission, that they have mastered this planet. And I'm here to say that is not the case. And in every way, shape, and form, I am pro-Mother Nature. I'll end today's episode with a poem, one I wrote a few years ago, that I feel expresses the point I'm trying to make. Stanzas of this poem I actually put in the first novel, Bleece. One word. All I need is one word. One moment of your time. If you would just read along. Take the sponge that is your brain. Soak this message up. Love is fickle. Tickling to rape. Laughing to crying. Hating to love. I am telling the word. I would rather listen. Listen to what you have to say. Learn something new every day. Didn't kill anyone. Today was a good day. I stay up through the night. Love to see the dawn. Wake the fuck up. See the brighter side of life. Snowflakes scrape the face. Snowflakes scrape the face. The cold chills the soul. Nowhere to go. The snow blankets the woods for the wolves. Red hoods ripped everywhere. Be warm to people. Icicles grow on cold shoulders, slicing any hand that dares to touch. Bald eagle lightly grabs the fish. How many acute angles do I have to stab your mind with? The message is there, there to accept. I'll stop now so as to be considerate. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I really do hope you enjoy these episodes. Please leave a comment and let me know what you think and what you would like me to talk about next week. I look forward to going further together, one step at 
a time. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like and comment. It's free to support. A like and a share goes a long way. Softcover novels, audiobooks, and ebooks available at Blease.com. Let's go further together, one step at a time. See you next week.